Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Spirit Seeker Hour. Spirit Seeker Hour is your chance to delve into the world of your inner spirit. The Spirit Seeker Hour is brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. Go to www.spiritseeker.com to find out more. And now, here's Cindy Meyer. Hello and welcome. And as you heard, this is the Spirit Seeker Hour brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. And we are a monthly publication available as a print paper throughout the Midwest. We're in Kansas, Arkansas, Missouri, Illinois, and uh, we also um, are at conferences throughout the whole U.S. So you can read us at spiritseeker.com, and the April issue is uh, online. And our May issue is almost complete, but there are some wonderful articles, so please do take the time to um, peruse the magazine. The other thing is that there are over 200 radio shows on this platform on Blog Talk archived at uh, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Cindy Meyer, and that's C-Y-N-D-E-M-E-Y-E-R. They're there for your listening ease, uh, and we know you're listening because we get the stats every week, so we thank you. Okay, so tonight it is my pleasure to bring two people who are making a difference in the world. The um, We have Reverend Carla McClellan, who is the Retreats Manager at Unity Village in, right outside of Kansas City. And we also have author and very busy person, Sarah McLean, who is going to teach us tonight about meditation and talk about her upcoming workshop. Sarah is the founder of the McLean Meditation Institute for Transformative Meditation Training in Sedona, Arizona. She's been teaching meditation for over 20 years. She's Well, I'm going to let her tell us. So uh, welcome, both of you. Thank you for having us on your show. Okay. So I know, Sarah, you've been traveling and teaching, and um, so let's just hear if 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 uh, if you would indulge us with how you personally came to meditation, and then we'll um, you know segue into how you uh, founded the Meditation Institute. And I know you're at conferences all over, and it's beautiful that you're coming to the Midwest. So welcome. I'm excited about it. Actually, I haven't been um, doing a conference there, and I I feel like. I feel like it's a great opportunity to get – I know a lot of people in, in Missouri, and I know a lot of people in, in the southeast, so I'm excited to be able to offer them a venue so they don't have to travel to Arizona. Although I live in Sedona, Arizona, you probably heard it's a mystical capital of Arizona, or at least one of them, or of, of the U.S. And um, But just to answer your question about how I came to meditation, I think it was a sort of a vortex uh, of of probably some stimulus. My boyfriend said, hey, if you want to be my girlfriend anymore, you have to learn to meditate. I was about 26 at the time, so I did that. I also, when I was a teenager, though, I used to try to meditate, and I didn't know what I was doing. So I've always had an an affinity for the 
internal world, the world beyond form and beyond ideas and labels, I just didn't feel like that worked for me or fit for me. And I knew there was more to life than what we just saw or felt or heard or tasted or smelled. You know, I knew there was more um, to this life than what was appearing. And so I, I was on a journey for years trying to figure out how to meditate, trying to figure out how to access a bigger world, a bigger experience. And so when I said my boyfriend, he was actually, I met him when I was between, really didn't know what I was doing. I was a real estate agent. I was successful, but it wasn't satisfying to me. I was 28 years old and I met him and and I told him about a book review I had read um, by a man named Deepak Chopra. Now, obviously, he's very well known now, but Years ago, in 1989, nobody had heard that name. And I said, I was reading this book review about meditation and mind-body health, and I want to do that. And it just so happened when I met him, that's what he was into. So he said, let's, you know, let's start dating, and we did. And, but after about a, a few weeks into it, he said, if you want to continue to be my girlfriend, we can't just talk about spirituality. We, you have to have a practice, a daily practice. And so that was the uh, impetus for me to actually get serious. Well, and as you have cited, um, you know, meditation does so many things for the mind and the body. And it's interesting, the first time I met Deepak Chopra was in 1992. Oh, wow. He never never called it meditation. He called it lengthening the quiet pauses between the thoughts. (laughs) And then the next time I saw him in 96, he was totally, totally like meditation, meditation. He, he'd gone from talking about synchronicity in your life to synchro destiny. So a lot really shifted. And I think that was right at the um, advent of the Internet, right in that window. So, right. you know, times have changed. And um, so so let's just talk um, about your new book that's coming out, uh, Soul Center, Transform Your Life in Eight Weeks with Meditation. Well, that book did come out last year, and it became a bestseller. Um, But what's been going on that's so phenomenal about that is that it's an eight-week program, Transform Your Life in Eight Weeks. It was based on the the neuroplasticity studies and the studies that were coming out at the time I was writing the book that were really indicative of the major changes, not only in one's perception, but of the physical aspect of the brain. I mean, we all know it's good for you physically in terms of lowering blood pressure and enhancing the immune system. It's terrific for you emotionally and being able to be more self-aware and self-compassionate and and more emotionally clued in. And also it's really good for you mentally because it helps to create a focused mind. It helps to keep from distractions. It helps you to decide what you want to focus on. And, of course, spiritually it is definitely a great companion for anyone regardless of their religious beliefs. And so this eight-week program I developed is really based on some of the programs that or some of the teachings I had done for each person that would come in to learn to meditate from me. I started becoming a meditation teacher in 1993. I did end up going to work for Deepak Chopra, and I ended up um, becoming one of his first meditation instructors. So I had a very – I was working with him, but I had a pretty – dynamic practice as well in terms of having private practice in terms of having people come and learn from me and it evolved over the years i've been teaching now for almost for 20 years actually and every time someone comes to see me for meditation they are presenting something whether it's emotional or physical or mental or they they just are having a hard time in life and so i would approach their issues by talking about one or one of the eight 
um, programs in my book. And whether it was being in your integrity or reducing stress or present moment awareness or creating self-love or um, saying what you want, you know, communicating authentically, you know, there are so many ways that people just are shut down and didn't even realize where they could make an improvement. Meditation is the baseline, though. It really helps to enhance self-awareness so that that when you're faced with a choice, you can make one that's in integrity with who you really are. Well, and, uh, you know, I remember my learning meditation in the early 90s, and I, I had my children learn too. And I, you know, I'm classically trained in transcendental meditation, but I've studied with so many different teachers. And I can remember when my children learned their walking mantra, because, you know, with mm-hmm. children, it's easier to do a kinesthetic meditation than sitting down when you are uh, have that much energy. But right. I can remember one day my daughter was six years old, and I was working, I was working on my, uh, my, my, graduate degree and being a mother and working and single parenting it was a crazy time and i remember my little my little six-year-old daughter saying mom i think you need to go meditate wow (laughs) because she could tell the difference she could tell the difference that's true and you probably could tell the difference oh absolutely there's, there's an edginess that starts to happen if you don't keep up your practice you don't just feel as good you maybe don't sleep as well and I love that you did that for your kids, taught them to meditate at an early age. Really yeah, sweet. It's, you know, oh, you can open the doors and then, you know, but, but they, they've seen me meditate in the middle of shopping trips where, you know, okay, I just need some quiet. And in the middle of noise, I mean, when you have, uh, as you know, and as Carla knows, you know, when you have trained the mind at that point, you can sit in an airport. It doesn't matter where you are. You, you close your eyes and you're there. It's like a muscle that you've trained. It's like this mm-hmm. inward stroke that is easy to access i just close my eyes i'm in but it wasn't always like that and i know when i first started to try to meditate i i really had a lot of distraction i didn't know what to do with all my thoughts i didn't know what to do you know by with the noise in the environment i really it was just my mind was a total um i I just would just had no idea how to address it i had no idea how to manage my mind and you said it, though. Meditation's a training. It's a training for the attention to focus on one thing at a time. It's a training for the attention to be able to be in the present moment where life actually is taking place. And it's a training for the attention to start moving inward as well as taking, out, taking on the information coming from the external world because much of our wisdom is not out there. Much of our intuition, our 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 relationship to the divine, much of our emotional body and clues in that way, that's all inside. And and because of the way the body's designed, we tend to be externally focused and and sort of at the expense of our internal knowingness. Right. That's a beautiful way to explain it. You know, and and Reverend Carla, um, why don't you tell us Good how to be it? With you again, oh, Cindy. I, I know, I know. I just uh, and Sarah. I, Hi, Carla. <laughs> so We're this new is BFF. I know. <laughs> oh my God. Absolutely. So this is Reverend Carlo, this human dynamo who just is a wonderful, wonderful uh, retreats manager, you know, manifester, manager, whatever you want to call it, director. But you also do private coaching and, you know, yes. you, 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 when you walk into a room, everyone feels your joy and just feels that energy. So, so oh, thank you. Yeah. So it's, how? But, go I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, what, uh, what, I have learned in in my life 
is that you can have a vibrant experience of living no matter what your age, no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what's going on around you. And um, like both of you know, it starts with a good meditation practice. Absolutely. So, Carla, tell us about Unity Village, and um, let's you know hear a little bit about the workshop. But let's just hear if you would be so kind to share. There's there's a history, and you know I took so many pictures the last time I was there, and then I was mm. looking at pictures from Spain, and there mm. is a uh, something in Spain that looks exactly like Unity Village. You might know the history well, of this. Well, um, Rickard Fillmore, one of the uh, Charles and Myrtle, the co-founders. Son, I'm sorry, Royal Fillmore um, was the architect who designed the the village, and what he chose as his inspiration is that Spanish theme. But you know, it it started in the country club plaza. <gasps> which, I had no idea. Yeah, um, with the architecture there, which was this sort of unique, uh, one of the first uh, outside shopping areas that that was designed with um, beautiful buildings and unique shops um, in the Midwest. And um, so Royal used that um, also as the, the Spanish architecture of the village. Unity Village has 1,400 square um, feet. So there's um, – am I saying that right? 1,400 no, miles. Excuse me, right. you know, a- no, my acres? acres, acres, acres. We're going to get it the whole time. <laughs> Can you tell it the village? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! For okay, so acres, yes, fourteen hundred acres. acres. It's, it's beautiful. We've got a swimming pool, a, a nine-hole golf course. We've got hiking trails. We've got beautiful, beautiful spots for meditation. There's um, uh, some amazing chapels on the grounds and it is a very unique uh destination spot for um uh spiritual retreats 30 years ago my parents did the retreats at unity village so i'm like marinated in this wow well and last year when i was there there was the um I forget the name, Nehemiah, where people yes. come from all over the U.S. and volunteer their time being of service. They do. that For that week, they come and um, they get free room and board, and, um, and they are worked hard. But it's so wonderful to see, for people to see their impact on the land and on the buildings and what we're doing to to take care of our our sacred land. So um, the village has been, um, you know, it's it's maybe Unity's best-kept secret that's uh, that's getting out now. I'm very excited to be bringing Sarah um, for this uh, meditation and yoga retreat. I had her on on my radio show, uh, Cindy, last year, and as we were closing talking about her book, because it – for those of you who want some a good uh instruction book for meditation uh practice uh user friendly it's a it's a wonderful wonderful book her her practices are are amazing and really do make a lot of sense in the practicality of today's life so at the end of the show i said to sarah 
uh, you might see me in October in Sedona. And she said, are you serious? So I went out and experienced um, being in Sedona with her and being at that retreat. And I thought, there's nothing I'd love to bring more to the Midwest than than her meditation training. It, um, it, it's just wonderful. She is uh, an amazing woman, as you can all tell listening. And um, I kind of twisted her husband's arm to come, too. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. So you get a retreat as well when you're off hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is wonderful. Yeah. Well, in Unity Village, you know, I remember when I was in my early 20s driving from St. Louis to Unity Village, spending the day on the grounds just meditating and then, you know, having a fabulous meal. The, the people in the kitchen are so happy. And, yeah. you know, there's just, you know, the whole energy is very high. And then there's a bookstore that is absolutely fabulous. Oh, that's, yes. that's my addiction. I'm not giving up this lifetime. <laughs> is that bookstore. And I will share with your listeners and and, uh, you, Cindy, is that September 13th um, is uh, our World Day of Prayer at Unity Village, and we're we're opening up our historic tower has been totally redone, and it's going to be a whole life center. And so we're going to be offering retreats. We're going to be offering... Uh, acupuncture, we're going to be offering um, prayer treatments, we're going to be offering massage, art therapy. Every different level will have uh, different healing modalities of of integrating body, mind, spirit. And so we're very excited about that grand opening, and we have called it Awaken Whole Life Center. And I'm I'm thrilled it gets to be in the historic tower that was the first building on Unity Grounds and built in 1925. And I will share with you, we have replaced the elevator that was the original <laughs> elevator. My goodness, in 1925. So wow. so. We have just been blessed with donors all over um, supporting this vision of this Midwest presence. Um, you know, prayer has gone on on the grounds of of unity for, uh, not specifically on those grounds, but in unity for uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for 120 years. That was the vision of the, co- the co-founders was prayer is um is the cornerstone of any of uh your faith practices and Charles Fillmore used to meditate like 6 hours a day. Oh my goodness. He would drop in and out and in and out and he was just this brilliant um visionary and his wife was um so assured in the power of prayer and practicing practical Christianity, that um, she was healed of several life-threatening diseases. Wow! Well, and that's the that's the beautiful part of meditation. And you know, Sarah, you're combining this retreat with yoga. Can you tell us just a, a so so I'm a, you know I'm assuming. So here, I want to know mm. if you're a novice yoga person. Or you're an advanced yoga person. This workshop works for both, is my understanding. It does. And, you know, one of the, I I always talk about the five essentials to meditation, and this can apply to every part of life itself. 
But the first thing is, you know, you'll always have thoughts and meditation, and don't believe everything you think, you know. And and the second one is, don't try too hard. Let it be natural. Meditation and yoga are very natural. The next one is to be kind to yourself because how you treat yourself, whether you're doing yoga or meditating, is is how you treat yourself in that way, is how you treat yourself in your whole life. I think it was Ianla Van Zandt who said, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Another one is not to give up on your practice, even if you've just begun. And another one is to keep a beginner's mind. And I say that because when you come to a retreat, whether you've done it all before and you just want to you know, pick up where you left off, or if you're just a novice, you know, every retreat is going to be a new experience, especially when you have no expectations and maintain a beginner's mind so that you can experience things as if for the first time. And for you, for instance, you've been meditating for so long, but if you just allow the mind to settle down and the, and the body to settle down and the stress to be released, there's so much to be experienced in this life. And when we're just looking for a certain experience and trying to re, you know, recreate it, uh, we can really limit uh, the possibilities that can, that can meet us. So and to make a long story short, it's for everybody. Right. And just tell how the yoga is going to be part of this. Well, Carla can can express it more, but let me just preface it with um, the yoga. Yoga means union. It comes from the root word yug, and it really means to to create a union. And the union that we're we're creating throughout this retreat is the union of your awareness with your uh, with the, your own spirit, your awareness of your own awareness. Because what we want to do is have you start reflecting inward instead of externally. And that's what the union is. It's, a, it's becoming much more aware of your body, your, your thoughts, your, your environment, and your own soul. And so yoga, we think of in the West here as, you know, an exercise practice. But the truth is, if you read the yoga texts, the Patanjali Yoga Sutras, you'll find very, very few references to the physical aspect of yoga. But that being said, the yoga practices, the physical aspect, the, the asanas, are really designed to help you to alleviate stress and to train your attention once again, right back in the present moment. And we have a very special guest that's coming that Carla recommended. So I'm going to let you, you talk about her a little bit, Carla. I'm, so far, I love her. I think she has a background very similar to yours, Cindy. Yes, yes. She she has also been meditating for over 20 years, and yoga is, um, like it has been said, your practice begins when you leave the mat. And um, it's a wonderful way of following your breath and getting yourself centered in your body. Patricia Gray is our yoga instructor, and she is a very popular instructor here in the Kansas City area, highly, highly skilled. She's had her own studio and taught for many years. So she's like Sarah. She wants yoga to be easy. If you need it to be more, she helps you with the position. But one thing that I love so much about Patricia um, is that she um, serves the, the each individual in the room. So she noticed somebody's straining in an area. She bring, she has props to make it easier. If some people can't even get down on the floor, 
she shows you how to do it from the chair. It is a um, a spiritual practice, and breathing is so, you know, it, it seems silly to say, but it's so important to the way we experience our life. Right, right. And, you know, I'm a breathwork coach. I, have a, yes. I don't do it as much anymore. It's a smaller part of my practice. But, you know, oftentimes, you know, the way a person breathes is a reflection of the way they're living their life. And, you know, one of the first things that happens, we both are all know, is that when we're under stress, the body contracts. And so the more we can open the body, um, the more, you know, it's oxygenated, et cetera. You know, so, Sarah, I, I would like to switch back to your journey. You okay. You med- meditated in temples in Japan. You've been, you know, you've lived and chanted in ashrams in India. You were a head cook in a Zen Buddhist monastery in the wilderness? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so this was all on your path to to with meditation. Yes. So I'll continue the story where I left off. I, I did um, continue to date that man and learn to meditate. And um, I read, after I read the book Perfect Health, not just the book review, in the very back of the book there was an, um, a little bit of information on how you can connect with with the Ayurveda Health Center, which where Deepak Chopra first worked. And Ayurveda, as you may know, but maybe your listeners don't, is an ancient form of healing, a whole health type of practice that has to do with um, aromatherapy and sound therapy and and um, um, oil massages and yoga and meditation and movement and all kinds of elimination therapies and herbs and diet and daily routines. And it's thousands, 5,000 years old, and it's from India. And that's what I think was what Deepak Chopra was really initially excited about and started his health center with that. And so I went and volunteered there. I dropped everything. I sold my house. I left everything where I was in Washington, D.C., and ended up in Massachusetts, in Lancaster, Massachusetts, where Deepak was working. And I immersed myself in this whole kind of uh, consciousness of mind body health and what i ended up learning was that meditation really does help to purify the nervous system and all of these health practices are essential but what's most important is that if we can purify the nervous system enough we can maintain and i think it's what you were talking about with the founder of unity we can maintain a higher state of awareness when the body is not under duress and we learn a new normal with meditation and with this, these health practices and the awareness that's developed. And so I worked for Deepak probably about a total of eight years. He uh, was asked out to move out to California where he is continuing to have his practice. And he went from a few different uh, incarnations of the Chopra Center. But, you know, during that whole time, I went from learning about Ayurveda, learning about meditation, getting steeped into it, because where I first lived there, we all lived together, and we all practiced together, and we all you know, did the different Ayurvedic programs together. And then in, in California, we started to move out of the community living, but we still were immersed in it, and he developed his own type of meditation practice, very similar to TM, very similar in terms of the ability to transcend. And for those of you who want to know a little bit about that transcendental meditation is a um, trademark term but the word the transcendence is something that everybody does all the time and meditation is available to each of us so let me tell you what transcendence is and then i'll go back to the story but transcendence really means to go beyond 
Each one of us does this every day when we go beyond what we know, go beyond time and space, go beyond who we think we are when we fall asleep. We lose track of our place and time. And that's a little like what happens when you do have a decent meditation practice. You can move into those spaces between the thoughts, as you had mentioned, and you can transcend the world that is constantly grabbing your attention so that you can have the direct experience of your own attention, of the source of your attention, which I would call your soul. So transcendental meditation, though it is trademarked, is you know available through other forms of meditation. You can transcend. So he developed what's called the primordial sound meditation, which uses a mantra silently like transcendental meditation. And um, I was one of the first teachers of that at the center. And then after eight years or so of working with him, I just knew it was time to move on. I knew it was time to go somewhere else and get a bigger experience. I had been with him so long and taught so many people. And I ended up saying, I really want to know the roots of meditation. I really want to know it outside of the Western, even though Deepak was East Indian. I wanted to really go to the roots of it. So I went to India and moved into an ashram. It's a Hindu-based ashram, and I'm not Hindu, but I did love, once again, the um, the rhythm of a community, the rhythm of people practicing together and working together and, you know, just being supportive of each other's path. And so I ended up in South India there and studied more and more about Ayurveda and meditation and then ended up moving up to North India where the Dalai Lama has is there. People know about this, I think. He's in a... Um, you know, he's in exile up there. Well, no, not so much anymore, but he lives up there with all of these people who had to escape Tibet. And it's really a Tibetan Buddhist community up in Dharamsala and McLeod Ganj, way up in North India. And these Tibetan Buddhists are so beautiful, and, and there are many nuns and monks. And they're learning English because the Dalai Lama wants them, wanted them to get out and be able to share their beliefs. And so they were looking for English teachers. So I became a teacher to a nunnery. And it was one of the most rewarding experiences I have ever had because they treat teachers a lot differently than we treat teachers here in the U.S. Um, just beautiful. And just their their gratitude for being taught and learning and their receptivity and their willingness to share their lives. It was just beautiful. So I spent time doing that, and then I ended up leaving and moving back to the States. And I can remember a moment when... I flew into New York. All my shoes had kind of been stolen at the different outside of temples and ashrams in India. And it was during the time where they were not importing anything. So there were flip-flops and there were flip-flops. I mean, that was what you could get there. And I got off the plane in New York and I'm in my flip-flops. It's December. And I said to a friend of mine, can you take me to buy some shoes? And I forgot. It's almost like I had amnesia about the U.S. and the ease of the marketplace and I was overwhelmed in that moment. I felt like, oh, my God, I've got to go back to work. I've got to make money. I want to buy all this stuff. And then there was some part of me that said, no, don't step back into the hypnosis. And, I, you know, when I was working for Deepak in Southern California, I used to take my weekends off. Like Carla, who goes to a retreat on her days off, I used to take my weekends off and go to retreats, even though I was a retreat manager and the education director at the Chopra Center. So I went to the Zen Buddhist Monastery on my weekends, and so when I came back to the States, I decided to move there. 
it's uh, off the grid out in Southern California, a traditional Zen Buddhist monastery uh, founded by a man named Mizumi Roshi. And I lived there for two years, working and practicing and meditating and watching my thoughts and figuring out what this mind is doing, you know, what's real here. Just because we think a thought doesn't mean it's true. And, you know, there's a, <laughs> I could go on and on. It's a lot of it's in my book. Um, but right. I ended up leaving there because after two years I got a phone call. I knew I was leaving. I didn't know where. This man called me Gary Zukoff. He calls himself a secular monk, and he had been on the Oprah Winfrey show for like 40 or 50 times. And he was living in this tiny house up in Mount Shasta with no central heating and tiny, tiny little cabin. And he, and he said, you know what? I'm getting so popular. I need, I've heard that you can help me. Because I was with Deepak when he was, who I used to call, by the way, Dr. Chopra. But I was with him the whole time while he was on that road to fame. And you kind of know what I'm talking about, Cindy. But he just got more more and more and more popular. And so Gary was going the same direction. He said, can you help me? And I said, yes. So I left the monastery and began working with him. So learning a lot about his work, which is the work of spiritual partnership, creating. I, you know, I just have to share this too. Gary Zukoff came to Unity Church of Overland Park and asked the congregation to hold the consciousness that he would finish his book, The Seed of the Soul. Oh, my gosh, which is, you know, world-renowned. I mean, We absolutely. are so connected in so many ways. When we step onto a path that is greater than this material world. Absolutely. But we, still, we still need each other to hold hands with as we we do what is ours to do. I agree 100%. I had no plans. I always say this to people. You probably heard me say this, Carla. I didn't have a vision board. For my life today, I had all I did was take the next step towards what felt right to me, and the fact that I have my own center, that I've got a meditation teacher training institute that's extremely uh, well regarded and, and very popular, and the, the fact that I've written a book which I couldn't even, I never could consider I would even write anything, and I get up and speak in front of hundreds and and even sometimes thousands of people. When I was so shy, I couldn't even, I couldn't even get up in front of a stage without choking and crying. I mean, that's that's a testament right. to the power of meditation. Absolutely. And Sarah, I love what what you say is your your internal gauge is: Do I feel yummy or do I feel yucky? You know? <laughs> and and I do that all the time: Yummy or yucky, Carla? What's going on here? Right. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, a lot of us aren't trained to turn inside to use our internal navigation system. You know, what? be nice to others. Yeah, to, you know, um, you should do that. She did that for you and the shoulds and the and the rhetoric. And, you know, there, I'm, I'm into being polite, believe me, and I'm into manners, but I'm also into integrity. And mm-hmm. if God speaks through each one of us and if we're all part of this big plan, then integrity really looks like listening to that. And saying yes when you hear it's yes and no when you hear a no because it's just it's just uh, probably the plan. And when we go against it because we think it should go a different way, and that's where we get into trouble because we when we're when we're in integrity with our own soul and with with spirit itself, we tend to be 
have an easier, more vibrant, and more expanded path. Well, and listeners, here are some of the chapters of this wonderful uh, book that Sarah is talking about that, that she penned for all of us. Week one, awareness, be here now. She covers mindful, living exercises, breath awareness, body awareness. You segue right from there into peace and stressing less. There's peace finder exercises, long, slow, deep breathing, and sitting meditation. Then she goes into week three, the freedom begin with the beginner's mind. And she talks about walking without labels and the beginner mind moments and delectable eating. So, Sarah, with you, um, with your experience, what are some of the beginner minds moments that you've seen totally transformed so that our listeners that are like, I've tried to meditate, I don't know what it is, I want to know if I'm on the right track. So would you talk just a little bit before we go into the other half of the book, how does, what are some of the thoughts that just you've seen miracles, you know, refocused with meditation? I didn't say that very well, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Well, I can tell you that, okay, I'll give you an example, and I write about him in my book, but he is the quintessential example of the reluctant meditator. Here's a man, he was, uh, he's a capital, uh, he's a, He's a judge here in Phoenix, and he's always been dealt out the capital murder cases, so he's under a lot of stress. Behind his back, he was known as Judge Meany, and he was finding that he was on a lot of heart medication. He was fairly, he still is young, he's my age, so, you know, he's he's vibrant, young, and obviously driven, and he found himself not, his doctor said to him, you've got to do something, I can medicate you, but, you know, at some point, you're going to have to make some life changes. So he, as a favor to a friend, showed up at my meditation um, studio, and and he was supposed to meet his friend there who did not show up. So here he was, the reluctant meditator, Judge Meany, who is now sitting in front of me and and really is not open to this at all. He just wants to get off medication. So I talked to him about meditation, and I taught him some of the techniques that are probably in week, well, some of the ones you mentioned, but most of them in week four and five, actually week five probably, and he started to notice a change. He he did it at first because he just felt better immediately. That's one thing that happens with new meditators. They feel an instantaneous uh, feeling of relief. It's almost like they had a big, long nap, and they haven't felt this rested in years. So he felt good immediately, and he knew that he'd seen the research. I showed him on the blood pressure and the cardiovascular system and the thinned-out platelets that meditation can offer, and he went home and began to do it. Well, Judge Meany ended up losing 50 pounds. He ended up um, bec- doing more and more retreats. He changed, he feng shui his house. He ultimately ended up becoming a meditation teacher. Now, this man is very straight-laced. I mean, he is a straight-laced Midwesterner, and he just really did it as a favor and ended up, as I call him the reluctant meditator, ended up having this life that is way beyond anything he could have imagined. And I think when we let go of our ideas and labels uh, and we can walk through the world with an open mind and hopefully an open heart, you know, we start to see things in a new way. I mean, I talk about this in my book. If I say to you, well, I won't, I won't use too many labels, but if I used labels like nurse, firefighter, politician, elementary school teacher, police officer, retreat leader, meditator, you're going to have a sense of of these people, a preconceived notion of what this person might be like. Unfortunately, you have that. 
And usually the person is much better or bigger or more expanded than what we put, what box we put them in. And often when we think we are looking for something or someone to be a certain way, we leave out all the other possibilities. So what I love about um, Beginner's Mind and meditation helps to, to strip away the labels that we have because it, it lessens the fear of the unknown, which is why people are controlling and have labels to begin with. It allows people to be as beautiful as they are. It allows life to have more possibilities. And you even get to see yourself without labels. Judge Meany would never have thought that he'd be a meditation teacher the day he walked in there. You know, it's so interesting. I remember um, it was during a breathwork weekend. Or no, it was a Divine Mother, believe it or not, chanting evening. And this lady came um, on a Thursday night. And then she signed up for this weekend of breathwork. And she shared on Saturday that she she was a, a lawyer in a prosecuting attorney's office. And she said, I am afraid if I drop my anger that I won't be safe. Because of the environment, you know, yeah. Judge Meany, you know, was in the middle of all of this stuff, and it's it's so interesting that you ha- that you know, without being aware of it, we armor ourselves for this, you know, and and you become unarmored, so to speak, when you drop it and go into the interior landscape that you're describing, mm-hmm. and I mean that's a perfect perfect story of what meditation can do for someone. Yeah, well, he's you know, so happy. Oh, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What I wanted to share is, um, you know, those bombings at the finish line of the Boston Marathon. You know, I've I've heard spiritual people um, through the years say, oh, I don't like to watch TV and I don't read the newspaper. I think we're called to be awake and aware and to have beginner's mind in situations like that because it's so horrific and it's so inconceivable. But but it's before us. All the violence is before us for a reason. We've had month after month of stories like this from, you know, the shooting at the grade school. from, And we can't judge. It's them that's the problem. They're, you know, crazy. No, we have to be, I believe, we have to be present and stand upon these truths that we know, that, that there is a part of us. We're all connected. This isn't something they are doing. It's something we are doing. And so how do we move practically from this spot to something greater than? And, um... Uh, that's why I am so grateful for the practice of meditation, for the spiritual principles and the spiritual path we walk upon where we know that there's something greater and we can tap into it and we don't have to hold the situation in this, um, uh, to quote Sarah, yucky energy field. Right. You know? Well, I think meditation really helps us to strengthen our nervous system so we can bear witness not only Mm. to our own suffering, which we do suffer when we hear about that bombing. And I'm from Boston, so it used to run right by my house. When I hear about that, I can feel the the interior landscape. You know, I can feel the fury and and the disgust and the desire to label and make wrong. But I also am able to bear witness to that, and I also know what my desire is to be the peace I want to see in the world, be the change I want to see. So Mm -hmm. what ended up happening for me, and this is happening, I'm noticing this more and more, 
is my heart expands when I hear about tragedy. I I really resist the labels. I really resist because it can be really easy and the adrenaline um, can kick in when you want to start labeling and naming and pointing fingers and accusing because that is that's what we can do to make fast friends and create a community to be all against one thing at the same time. But the truth is to be able to bear witness to the suffering, our own and other people's, and to maintain this open-heartedness and to be able to to be that. And I really believe that this is the time in this life, and maybe I'm crazy and maybe, maybe I don't know, but I feel like the brighter... It's it's just getting brighter and brighter. The light is getting brighter and brighter, and that makes the shadows a little darker, you know. And that's yes. going to happen yes. for a little bit. I I really see it's going to be a time of enlightenment for all. But sometimes, well, and it and it is changing. And you know, part of the, you know, the whole thing with the new pope, you know, even if you're not Catholic. This is a wild card. My, my my friend Beatrix Quintana did, you know, the numerology and astrology for, you know, the new moon that just happened in Aries. And, you know, the whole thing that we're, we're dealing with since the end of 2011 and moving into, or, I'm sorry, 2012, moving into 2013, is this huge shift. That's what the whole thing was, is the world ending. The world ending as we know, yes, because we're all going to be more connected, which is what you're talking about with the compassionate part of your um, books. Sarah, is, you know, we, we we need to have compassion. And what compassion is, is passion and come, community, the, the yeah. derivative, you know, is coming all together. So, you know, the Pope, my, my daughter is living in Italy right now, and, you know, she's 24, 25 years old, I guess she's 24 now, and she was there on Easter Sunday, and she, she, you know, we're not Catholic. I was raised Catholic, uh, so I do have that in my background, but, you know, here she was, and she's studying languages. She went to law school for a year and decided that just wasn't it, so she took a year off, and she's studying, uh, studied Spanish five days a week, and English, or I'm sorry, Italian five days a week, so she was there. I was going to say, she's studying Spanish. I know, no, she's she's actually... You know, when Sarah was talking about being a teacher, um, my my daughter has applied for a teaching position to teach English in a Spanish-speaking country, and that's that's oh. next on her horizon. That's but so nonetheless, fun. when she was there on Easter Sunday, she said, I understood 95% of what the Pope said. And what oh. he said is, mm. these are troubled times. They are very troubled times. You cannot deny that. But we have to have hope. And we have to all know that we can come together and make the world a different place. You know, and when when his, you know, when he was first announced, he did the Hail Mary and the Our Father. And there was a nun from St. Louis who wrote about this experience. And she said to be on that, you know, that square in Rome, which, you know, I've been there. And, you know, to hear every language being spoken reciting those prayers it's a way of, you know, whether you're doing a rosary or uh, mala beads from India, it's bringing us all together in a whole different way. And that that's what I think the shift is all about. You know, we're all one. Yes, we all are one. I I, I think I shared this with, with you, um, Sarah, and I'll share this with, with your listener, Cindy, that I was called to go to Cambodia, and I wasn't sure – why I was being called, I just knew I had to be in Cambodia. So I went in January, and I went to a school that had been started by a minister out of Atlanta, um, David Alt, and he, he had formed this school, and there were 250 children in this school. 
and these are the disenfranchised children, you know, the the children that basically are so poor in a poverty-stricken country that nobody's really watching out for them. But mm-hmm. they show up at this school six days a week, and I was so grateful. I was there to see how much the human spirit lives beyond material things. And I had an experience where a Hindu monk chanted an ancient groundbreaking ceremony for the orphanage that's being built behind the school. And it was this, uh, you know, so this Sanskrit chanting that just sends shivers up my spine. And, you know, Mm. there was a pig's head and choked chickens and all sorts of things around. And a little boy, about seven years old, is singing in my ear, Old Lang Syne in English, because oh. it's the only English he knows. Oh. And I knew why I was there. Right. We are one. We are one. And we are one together. You know, it's not, it, it, it's it's all about the, the serving one another with what we have to share, that life gets vibrant, thrilling, exciting, passionate. So listeners... This is the energy of what is being created at Unity Village. The dates are May 2nd through 5th. The um, Sarah McLean will be facilitating the retreat. It's called Soul Radiance Meditation and Yoga Retreat. And you can call 866-348-6489 to reserve your mat, your space in this class, to be expanded on every level. It's for beginners, advanced meditators, uh, beginner yoga practitioners who you know know the power of meditation but want to go deeper. You can go to unityvillage.org forward slash radiance and find out all the information. I also want to mention that um, Sarah's website is www.soul-centered.com and um, there are wonderful, wonderful uh, tools on here. There's testimonials, um, all the different, you know, events that she is participating in. Um, you know, your your work is just fabulous, and you're a Hay House author, which I just love, Louise Hay. I and do we, too. new book coming uh, you know, out. Right, oh, okay, talk about your new book. Let's oh, that. well, let's all hold hands and pray for the completion of my new book. <laughs> <laughs> We're holding it for you. <laughs> it's called Love and the Power of Attention, and it's really about how to really reclaim your power and by becoming so much more aware of your responses to life and where you attend, what do you attend to, and how you focus. And it's it's a beautiful book. I'm so I think it's being written through me because honestly, it's not on my timeline. But um, and again, I'm not. I, I wouldn't call myself a writer, but turning out to be that way. But there you go. With there you go with the labels. You never know, right? But um, right. that book is it's due out in January. Um, so I'm I'm going to be working on that. I'm I have already been working on it, and have to turn it in fairly soon. But I just also want to. Just tell your listeners, Cindy, that I have a website where there are lots of free meditations. The one you mentioned is the book website, but my uh, meditation website is Sedona, S as in Sarah, E, D as in dog, O, N as in Nancy, A, meditation.com. And there you can sign up and experience some of the meditations we've been talking about, a gratitude meditation, a loving kindness meditation, a breath awareness meditation, and they're all free and 
I invite anybody who's interested in, in the least in meditation to go there because gosh, there's probably about 200 pages of information on meditation there. Well, and we um, have worked with Hay House Publishing, you know, from the very beginning. You know, Spirit Seeker's been published for um, 15 years now in wow. print, and it was a news, newsletter, you know, before that. And so uh, when we segued in 1997 into, um, you know, the the platform of being a paper, and then we were um, – you know, and we started off just St. Louis, but now I'll tell you what, there is just so much happening in the Midwest compared to, you know, in 1996, I hosted my first holistic conference in St. Louis, and people were like, Reiki or Reiki? No, I know. What is, you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, and, and now it's just, it's every day, and, you know, this will be the first year, 2013, that Spirit Seeker has not hosted a conference because we are supporting 12 different conferences <sighs> in the next two and a half months just in the Midwest. Wow, I'm so excited. Well, it just tells you times have changed. It's exploding. Yes, yes, and and the the time is right. You know, so listeners, I want you to know, you know, you've been, we have a little more time, but I just want to mention a few more things, you know, about Sarah. She, she's, she's just had quite an experience in India. She's worked, um, you know, you've bicycled, you know, long, long, you know, treks through different parts of the world. (laughs) Just share just a little bit about that. And then what about the cooking thing? I mean, what what is this? Oh, okay. Well, first I want to just take a moment and apologize for the beginning when I said everybody's from the southeast. For me, when I say west, I think of Arizona. So, and when I was thinking of Missouri, I I kind of went too far east. So I know it's the Midwest, and I just want to apologize. I didn't want to misplace everybody. <laughs> well, you're going to have a Midwest presence at Unity Village, so you That's better get correct. it straight. That's right. correct. We're the, we're the heart chakra of the country. If you take the, right. the body and lay it out, and people say, okay, you know, supposedly Midwest is always 10 years behind East Coast, West Coast, but I'll tell you what, uh-uh. we're the show, show me state. And when you get right. here, you, you know, you just feel the heart. I mean, I have relatives from New York that come in and they're like, oh my gosh, people are so nice here. I think I need to go back to New York. They're not accustomed to the heart, the heart energy. <laughs> well, I'm excited. I'm excited about it. But but just to, um, you know, I was just always in search of, of a vibrancy. I was in search of the secrets to this life. I did take a bicycle trip. I was planning a two-year trip, but I only ended up with nine months. And I ended up you know, dressing like a man in the Middle East, Mid-Eastern countries, the places that the soldiers are in now destroying uh, both on both sides. You know, I was in those beautiful, beautiful, beautiful places mm-hmm. and meeting the most beautiful people. And I um, I just wanted to see the world. I, You know, the truth was I, I really, looking back, I think my desire was to feel good and to find the answer to who am I and what is this life about. But I didn't know the answers were inside, so I really literally went all over the world. I mean, almost all over the world. And so, but it was good because in terms of, you know, the Zen monastery that I lived in where I was the cook, you know, that taught me a lot about, um, it taught me a lot about my mind. I mean, obviously it taught me a lot about mindfulness. I had been a planner for Deepak Chopra for so long that I was rarely in the present moment because probably Carla knows about this. You know, quite often we're in the future thinking about the next event and are we ready for it. And there's nothing wrong with that, but most of my attention was in the future. And so I went to the monastery and said, I want to be able to chop some carrots here. 
And, of course, I chopped some carrots, and then I started planning menus and writing cookbooks <laughs> and, you know, started getting right back into the future again, right where I felt comfortable. But um, ultimately, you know, after two years there, I definitely have been able to be right here right now. And truthfully, I don't think about the future that much. I mean, I depend on other people to know about dates and times. <laughs> right, the, linea- the linear here. part of life. You know, you're you're uh, doing what you have been called to do, which is going inside and, and helping others, you know, find their way to that, that beautiful peace. Yeah, and it's such a rewarding job. And it's uh, it's not a money-making job. So I always say I'm paid in the currency, a different currency. You know, my currency is is satisfaction and um, seeing the transformation that people go through. That's how, that's currency for me. And and I'm fortunate to be able to do what I do. I'm so excited about next week, and I happen to know about it because I was paying attention to that today. Uh, starting on Saturday, I have my first teacher training program intensive here in Sedona. These people have been training for six months at a home study, and there's every single one of them is their lives have tra- has have totally transformed in just these six months, or some of them have only been doing it for three months. And just to see when people step on this path, when they say, I'm going to leave behind all my preconceived notions and my soul is telling me to do this, you know, whether it's to learn meditation or to become a, a teacher of it, and you know this because you both are, are on this path, but, you know, life is shaken up and, you really get to, um, let's put it this way, your values and your integrity really shine through and and it becomes impossible to do anything but this. Yes, yes, no matter what. Right. It's 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 not something that is a separate part. It's like all of a sudden that fabric. It's like, you know, when you look at a patchwork quilt, everything's interwoven. So yeah. we actually are going to have an article uh in our May issue from uh Sarah McLean and it talks about the eight week program because we work a lot with Hay House and they sent us this excerpt and it's you know, I love the five essentials of meditation that you cover in the article, that you cover in the book, that you will cover, you know, this weekend in the meditation journey. Journey. Number one, it's okay to have thoughts. Yeah. Number two, don't try too hard. Right. Number three, let go of expectations. Number four, be kind to yourself. Mm. And number five, stick with it. And I think, mm. I think that's the key. That you know, that with the newest and the brightest and the shiniest, that it's not about that. And you know, I love Sarah how you talked about when you came back from the ashram, and you know, here you are in the the flip flops and all these choices, and then all of a sudden, east meets west. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, you knew you had to make a decision. Not had to. You chose to make a decision. Yeah. And, you know, you had become so used to that simplistic and what is really important, you know, the karma yoga of life. So mm-hmm. I would like to add one more thing, Cindy. One of the benefits of meditation is um, age-reducing. Sarah looks <sighs> at least... 10 years younger, if not 15 years younger than her age. It does. It There's a glow that comes to your skin. There is a look. You know, people will say, my 
gosh, you look so good. And um, when you tell your age, they'll go, no, you couldn't be that old. Meditation. <laughs> okay, women, are you listening? Right. <laughs> Anti-aging. The well, it does in, rejuvenation yes. technique, meditation. Well, there's a so, lot of research on that. And, oh. you know, it does increase your DHEA levels, which tend to decrease after the age of 40 and or even even earlier than that. And that's your that's the youth hormone that's the activator so yeah. meditation really has been proven to do that and to reduce the or turn back chronological aging or biological aging biological. right so this is one of the, the the yogis know this the yogis have known this forever the sutras teach this it's 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 you know we're not here to dig in the ditch to make of the money to buy the food to give us the strength to dig in the ditch that is the old Absolutely. paradigm <laughs> we're way past that and the more um, you know, I'm a feng shui consultant, so when you were talking yeah. about, you know, the, the, the you know, Judge Meany who all of a sudden <laughs> embraced meditation, feng shui his home and got rid of the stuff and put it all in perfect intention and alignment, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know, his home almost became a Zen monastery. Oh, it is. And, you know, that's what I felt, you know, when you were, yeah. just, you know, just, you know, describing it. So we can all go from wherever we are to a much um, kinder way of living, embracing Joyful. ourselves, and and you know, so so here you go. Last day, the last plug on this, May second through fifth, two thousand thirteen, Unity Village, Soul Radiance Meditation and Yoga Retreat, and you know you can you know call and the Unity Village is there, at, you know, and they have the twenty four hour prayer line and just so much that Unity offers. And and, and could I just throw out there that. Uh, to any of your listeners like me on Facebook, Life Coach Carla, it is my joy to support you in bringing your dreams into reality. Um, there is a way we can do it, and um, that is my passion. That's how we live vibrantly is day by day bringing it forward. Absolutely. So, I want to thank both of you for being my guests this evening. And, you know, Sarah, thank you so much because, you know, I – the thing that I hear so often with students because I teach intuitive development and, mm-hmm. you know, I I try all different forms of meditation, but, it, but until someone really embraces it, they just, you know, in your book, just, you know, the outline of the chapters, I just thought, oh, my gosh, you've addressed almost all the things that come up. Yes. And, Isn't it a wonderful you know, book? Right. And I love that five steps, you know, just basically, you know, if you get it, there you are. So, and your life has been a long lifetime of meditation, and you're a perfect, perfect example of what it can do. So, thank you both so much, and continue the work and the play because we know it's all part of our life purpose. So yes. Thank you so much, both of you. And um, I just, you know, listeners, get to the Midwest. It's beautiful, everything's blooming. <laughs> Yes. Yay. Okay. All right. Okay, thank you both thank so much. You. Thank you. Okay. Cindy. All right. Good Bye-bye. Bye, Carla.
Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.